Hi, this is Father Don Planty, pastor of St. Charles Borromeo Catholic Church in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome to the St. Charles Church Talks podcast. The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said, As you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse lepers, drive out demons. Without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. Do not take gold or silver or copper for your belts, no sack for the journey, or a second tunic, or sandals, or walking stick. The laborer deserves his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, Look for a worthy person in it and stay there until you leave. As you enter a house, wish it peace. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. If not, let your peace return to you. Whoever will not receive you or listen to your words, go outside that house or town and shake the dust from your feet. Amen, I say to you, It will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Behold, I am sending you like sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and simple as doves. But beware of people, for they will hand you over to courts and scourge you in their synagogues, and you will be led before governors and kings for my sake as witness before them and the pagans. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. You will be given at that moment what you are to say. For it will not be you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will hand over brother to death, and the father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to another. Amen, I say to you, you will not finish the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. No disciple is above his teacher, no slave above his master. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Lord, with your permission, I'd like to reflect on the North American martyrs this evening. You will be hated by all because of my name, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. That passage came to mind when reflecting on these North American martyrs today, these great heroes of our faith, these Jesuits who first brought our faith to our continents many centuries ago, they were indeed hated, and they did indeed endure. I was inspired to write about this, or think about it, and just yesterday I had a conversation with someone, and, and through a circuitous conversation, a lady named uh, Mother Olga came up in conversation. I had heard about her vaguely, uh, kind of knew of her, but didn't know too much about her. And then I was sent a link and 
refresh my memory of one of her talks, but the person I was talking with said that you know, what inspired them the most was Mother's uh, joyfulness and how Mother was so filled with peace, especially considering the amount of suffering that she has gone through in her life. Mother Olga is Iraqi by birth and has lost much of her family and, and suffered far more than probably most of us ever will. So how is it that she's so filled with peace and joy? I kind of just blurted out spontaneously, well, which came first, the, the suffering or the joy? Kind of caused everybody there to pause and think. Well, in one sense, it's kind of a package deal. The chicken or the egg, it's, it's both in one sense. That we can have suffering and become angry and resentful. But we can't really have profound joy without suffering. So I think there's something to that to reflect on. And part of that is this recognition that our suffering in this world is very transitory. Or whatever it is, if it's moral, emotional, physical, it's passing. Uh, and that we're also going somewhere, that there's good news, that suffering's not the end. Death isn't the end. No matter what happens to us in this world, that's passing. The world to come, that endures. That is forever. So that's part of the good news, if not at the very core of the good news, that Jesus reveals to us and in his own resurrection embodies the fact that this world is not enough. And this is what the saints really scream to us by their lives, by their works, by their words. And so it's a challenge, especially as we reflect on the North American martyrs, say, am I really convinced? Would, would I do what they did? Could I do what they did? Certainly without grace, none of us can. Um, but would I be willing? Is that something that I, I would desire to suffer like them, to offer my life as a martyr? For, for people um, to recognize me as a follower of Jesus, regardless of the cost. Probably not all where we should be, which is why we're here tonight, because we want to be a little bit better than we are. That's, again, what I think the saints can help us with. They can inspire us and encourage. So I'm going to read for your prayerful reflection the account of the martyrdom of two of the North American martyrs, Father Brebuff and Lelemont. They were executed uh, about the same day, although they, they died several hours apart, in 1684. And you can go and uh, read more of these accounts, should you so be inclined. They're, they're under a collection, um, multiple volumes called the Jesuit Relations. Wherever the Jesuits went all over the world in those early missionary years, they would take notes, almost like a diary, and send back their report to the mother house in Rome. So there's collections and collections and collections of these reports. So this is one such report that was sent back in 1684. It's in volume 34, if you want to uh, look it up. It's easily found online, or you can buy the volumes themselves. This is from a first-hand account. Some Huron infidels former captives of the Iroquois, naturalized among them, and former enemies of the faith, were irritated by our words and because our fathers in their captivity had not their tongues captive. They cut off the hands of one 
and pierce the other with sharp owls and iron points. They apply under their armpits and upon their loins hatchets heated red in the fire and put a necklace on these about their necks in such a way that all the motions of their bodies gave them new torture. For if they attempted to lean forward, the red-hot hatchets which hung behind them burned the shoulders everywhere. And if they thought to avoid that pain, bending back a little, their stomachs and breasts experienced a similar torment. If they stood upright, without leaning from one side to the other, these glowing hatchets touching them on all sides were a double torture to them. They put about them belts of bark filled with pitch and resin to which they set fire, which scorched the whole of their bodies. At the height of these torments, Father Gabriel Lelemont lifted his eyes to heaven, clasping his hands from time to time and uttering sighs to God whom he invoked to his aid. Father Jean de Brebeuf suffered like a rock, insensible to the fires and the flames without uttering any cry and keeping a profound silence, which astonished his executioners themselves. No doubt his heart was then reposing in his God. Then returning to himself, he preached to those infidels and still more to many good Christian captives who had compassion on him. Those butchers, indignant at his zeal, in order to hinder him from further speaking of God, girdled his mouth, cut off his nose, tore off his lips, but his blood spoke much more loudly than his lips had done. And his heart, not yet being torn out, his tongue did not fail to render him service until the last sigh. For blessing God for these torments, and for animating the Christians more vigorously than he had ever done. In derision of holy baptism, which these good fathers had so charitably administered, even at the breach, even in the hottest of the fights, those wretches, enemies of the faith, besought themselves to baptize them with boiling water. Their bodies were entirely bathed with it two or three times and more with biting jabs which accompanied these torments. We baptize thee, said these wretches, to the end that thou mayest be blessed in heaven, for without proper baptism no one can be saved. Others added mockingly, we treat thee as a friend, since we shall be the cause of thy greatest happiness in heaven. Thank us for so many good offices. For more, the more thou suffer, the more thy God will reward thee. These were infidel Hurons, former captives of the Iroquois and of old enemies of the faith, who having previously had sufficient instruction for their salvation, impiously abused it, in reality, for the glory of the fathers. But it is much more to be feared than it is also for their own misfortune. The more these torments were augmented, the more the fathers entreated God that their sins should not be the cause of reprobation of these poor blind ones, whom they pardoned with all their hearts. When they were fastened to the post where they suffered these torments, and they were to die, they knelt down 
They embraced it with joy and kissed it piously as the object of their desire and their love and as a sure and final pledge of their salvation. They were there some time in prayer and longer than those butchers were willing to permit them. They put out Father Gabriel Lelemont's eyes and applied burning coals in the hollows of the same. Their tortures were not of the same duration. Father Jean de Brebeuf was at the height of his torments at about three o'clock on the same day of his capture, the 16th of March, and rendered up his soul at about four o'clock in the evening. Father Gabriel Lelemont endured longer, from six o'clock in the evening until about nine o'clock the next morning, the 17th of March. Before their death, both their hearts were torn out by means of an opening above the breast, and those barbarians inhumanly feasted thereon, drinking their blood quite warm, which they drew from its source with sacrilegious hands. While still quite full of life, pieces of flesh were removed from their thighs, from their calves and legs, and from their arms, which those executioners placed on coals to roast and ate in front of them. They had slashed their bodies in various parts, and in order to increase the feeling of pain, they thrust into these wounds red-hot hatchets. Father Jean de Brebeuf had the skin which covered his skull torn away. They had cut off his feet and torn the flesh from his thighs, even to the bone, and had split with the blow of a hatchet one of his jaws in two. Father Gabriel Lelemont had received a hatchet blow to the left ear, which they had driven into his brain, which appeared exposed. We saw no part of his body, from the feet even to the head, which had not been broiled, and in which he had not been burned alive, even the eyes, into which these impious ones had thrust burning coals. They had broiled their tongues, repeatedly putting into their mouth flaming brands and burning pieces of bark, not willing that they should invoke in dying him for whom they were suffering, and could never die in their hearts. I have learned all these from persons worthy of credence, who have seen it and have reported it to me personally, who were then captives with them, but who, having been reserved to put to death another time, found means to escape. But let us leave these objects of horror, and these monsters of cruelty, since one day all those parts will be endowed with an immortal glory. The greatness of their torments will be the measure of their happiness. And from now on, they live in the repose of the saints and will dwell in it forever. I don't think I could suffer like that, which is why we're here. Because we need God's grace. We need God's grace to even suffer small things, let alone great things. Here's an aphorism for you, that we suffer either doing God's will or trying to avoid it. We suffer either doing God's will or trying to avoid it. That when we really love someone, that we suffer for them gladly. 
heroically and sacrificially. We see this in beautiful marriages. We see this with wonderful parents. And we certainly see this with these North American martyrs who love the Lord with all their heart, mind, and soul. That they were willing to suffer like this joyfully and filled with peace. We see this in people like Mother Olga, suffers tremendously in life, filled with peace, filled with joy. It's certainly because of God's grace, but it's primarily because of the great love that they have for God. We also recognize, probably most of us from experience, that when we're selfish, everything seems like suffering. When we don't get what we want, when things don't work out the way we want, when we don't get the respect, the promotion, the accolades that we think we deserve. When our little worlds become all about us, we suffer all the time. And we become insufferable to be around. The more we love God, the more we're happy to sacrifice, the more we're willing to be humble, the more we're willing to put him and his will before ours. But suffer we will, whether it's our reputation, whether it's a couple friends, maybe a job promotion, whether it's simply our fallen human nature, whether it's simply our bodies falling apart, we will suffer. That's unavoidable. But we will either suffer because of love of God or love of ourself. And one can bring joy and levity and, and peace and contentment, but it's suffering because of our own doing, because of our own will and our own ego. That suffering also endures forever. Three very practical things for us to think about. Another aphorism, practice makes perfect. That if we want to get close to how these guys suffered, if we want to get close to people like Mother Olga, if we want to get close to those saints that we know living and those who have gone before us, that are filled with joy despite all the suffering in their life. It's a spiritual muscle that we can work on to get stronger. And so we can practice suffering by doing it voluntarily so that when it's involuntary, when it simply shows up, we kind of know what to do. We can fall back on our training. So to have a good regimen of penance that we voluntarily take on, whether it's physical mortifications of, of food and drink, of, of certain comforts, and putting a pebble in your shoe for a day, little things to offer up, to get used to, to do little things uh, with great love for the Lord. Whether it's um, other things that, that we might enjoy doing, whether it's entertainment, to give that up. Right? Or giving up money, opportunities. Different things that, that we can voluntarily add as a form of penance. So that when the real thing comes, we have those spiritual muscles to deny our selfishness, to, desire, to deny our desire for comforts, um, for higher goods, ultimately the Lord himself. It's the first thing. Practice makes perfect. Then we can spend time with these saints so that they can inspire us. It's a, a real mark of, of holiness where we do get inspired. We don't become sullen. Right? That's of the evil one, where I could literally and, and probably very truthfully say that I could never suffer like that well, without... God's help and his grace, but it would be of the evil one if I became despondent because of that reality. 
If you have the evil one that say, well, um, I am so pathetic uh, that I could never be like that. And certainly, different saints have certain gifts that we're not given, and so we shouldn't compare ourselves, um, but they should inspire us. And they should, the gifts that they're given should help to point us to the gift giver. Praise God for giving these men that grace to be able to suffer like that. That's extraordinary. And so even if we're never called to do anything like that, it should still inspire us and to help our focus go to the Lord who gives these tremendous and extraordinary gifts. And then lastly, to not just spend time with the saints, but to spend time with our beloved, to spend time, more and more time, with our Lord Jesus. Uh, second grader famously said, you know, that the way they spell love is T-I-M-E. And if we, we want to demonstrate who we love, who do we spend the most time with? Is it ourselves in our own little head? Is it other humans? Are they making us better? Are they leading us to the Lord? And is it a screen, God forbid? How do we spend most of our time, at least most of the time that we have control over? So that's a mark of what we really love. So let us resolve tonight to spend more time with our Lord so that we can grow in love of him and with him. So practice makes perfect. Let us spend time with the saints so that we may be inspired by them. And let us resolve to spend more time with our beloved. Praise you, Jesus Christ, now and forever. Thanks for joining us today. And please remember to subscribe. And if you enjoyed our show, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. May God bless you.